Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. I'm also the Vice President of Sales at Guildhall Wealth Management. And with me today on the show, back after a week of a little bit of travel and business uh, abroad, is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And Jeremy, on today's show, and before we get started, folks, I'll let you know that we're going to be discussing a few topics today, among them where gold and silver have been this week and what they are uh, predicted, predicting will happen through the next few weeks as we get some buy opportunities here finally, uh, three and a half months of waiting for this. So that's a very positive thing. And I want to start by saying thank you to those that uh, came aboard during the last few days of what was 2018's deadline for RSP contributions. Uh, you're a welcomed addition to our team at Guildhall, and we're glad to have you aboard. And if you are new to this, uh, the best is yet to come, as we've always said and maintained. And it's very exciting to have them come aboard. But as such, uh, a reminder as you're listening to this show, it is a show about the ownership, logistics, storage, if you will, the highlights and the wonderful arenas of gold and silver and natural fancy colored diamonds. We are experts in those particular areas, and we do not serve as your financial planners or advisors. Uh, we do not offer portfolio advice, and we certainly do not help you to buy and sell anything that is paper. We deal only in the physical metal arena and uh, as well on the natural fancy colored diamonds, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, also physical. So with that in mind, Jeremy, today's show, an interesting one because we had a I wouldn't say heated, but in a colleague-to-colleague way, a very, um, well, a good debate about where we're heading with the Canadian economy. And in particular, it stemmed from the reading of an article that was posted to the CBC that I sent out to everybody midweek. In fact, yesterday, uh, we're taping the show on Thursday of this week, and it was entitled Freight Decline at Oceanics. Nothing like we've seen, says Chairman. The chairman of Oceanics, which is a huge logistics and shipping company, moving containers from Europe and other places in the world to uh, Canada and vice versa, his name is Sid Hines, and what he says in this article that's been produced by the CBC is that he's never, ever seen in all of his years of experience such a large drop in shipments of vehicles and other consumer goods. And, of course, this begs the question and will be part of the topic of our show today. Uh, where do gold and silver fit in with the threat of inflation or the possibility of an inflation? Are they recession hedges? Are they instruments or vehicles or assets, depending on how you look at them, that are good to hold through recessions. And we thought we'd at least spend a little bit of time talking about what we've experienced in the some 14, 15 years that we've been in this market. Now, if you are listening and at any time you want to order up an investor kit or you want to make an order, you have two options. one silver is the number to call. That will serve you well if you want to leave a message because we're busy. We'll get right back to you. We'll get out that free package or go over to guildhallwealth.com. You can register at the e-store or find out more information about all the various ways that you can own gold and silver. But uh, in doing so throughout this show, um, we have... I suppose teetered from time to time on the discussion of recession because let's face it, Jeremy, it's not a fun topic. It's dry. It, it doesn't have much positive to say about where we are in the economy. 
but it is a necessary evil. And if it's one thing that we've learned, it's that going through the cycles of recession, as we have been in this very show has been, we have become very familiar with the telltale signs of what could potentially lead to this. And reading this article about shipments, this is one of the things which does contribute to that overwhelming list of potential items that all add up to push that agenda further of the idea that we may be teetering on a recession here in Canada. Well, I think, uh, Darren, we were discussing this this article at length, this idea that the freight decline, um, it's nothing that this... Um, uh, that this C chairman uh, has never seen. And <laughs> the question was really, who cares? And, and why, do we, why do we so not care about this type of uh, article that comes across our desk when shipments of vehicles and consumer goods drop off a cliff, we somehow still don't care at all about what that means? Um, and I think where we ended up with our discussion, Darren, was basically that a large part of that has to do with that of where we are in Canada, being in the GTA. I think we're ignoring everything that's happening outside the GTA. Um, you know, you see that the that the housing uh, market has basically collapsed in Vancouver, and if you look at the economies in Canada, the energy energy uh, sector, for example. Um, you know, the economy across Canada isn't doing that well. So in, in the GTA, you know, people have their equity in their homes. The market hasn't really crashed at all, maybe slowed slightly. And people are able here to just kind of keep things going and just hope that things get better, which is interesting because there was another, there was this article um, that I that I came across. Um, I guess it, it came out today maybe on, on uh in the financial post saying don't get fooled into investing based on what's happening now the future is all that matters so what this um, uh, what uh, Tom Bradley did in the financial post is he was looking through um, an article I got to read this part to you said I was looking through an analysis of the Canadian banks recently it made compelling reading the banks are well capitalized they continue to be highly profitable etc etc um, as for concerns about the financial health of their customers, the report said, quote, Canadian housing and consumer debt continues to spook global investors. However, as long as employment is strong, incomes are growing, and increases in debt service ratios remain manageable, these concerns are likely overblown, end quote. Make sense, Darren? Does so make far? sense, absolutely. He said, at this point, I stopped reading. <laughs> Not because the banks aren't a good buy, but because this analysis fell into the same trap that many investment professionals do. He addressed a concern about the future with data from the present. So he goes on to say, number one, employment outlook look is excellent. That's the future because the economy is growing. That's the present. The market will continue to rise. Well, that's a future statement because profits are strong today. The resource stock is a buy in the future because commodity prices are high at present. Uh, corporate bond spreads remain narrow, a potential future thing, because defaults are low. That's a current thing. So everything is based on today. So as long as we continue to, to stay in suspended animation, everything is great. And I think um, maybe perhaps one of the faults that we all fall into, Darren, getting back to the, the article here, is that partly being in the GTA, we are in suspended animation. It only takes one, pe one last penny to drop before 
we are in recession before things can get very, very scary. And so I think for the topics of today, for this discussion of today, we want to kind of discuss this idea of, well, what happens to precious metals if the economy no longer is so great? One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. And it is so true, Jeremy. We've been here and on this very show, we're pleading with people in 2008 and 2007 and again in 2010, uh, prior to the peak of these markets in gold and silver, to look at and examine gold ownership and silver ownership from this very viewpoint, not because we always believe the price of silver is going through the roof or gold is necessarily going to go to $10,000 an ounce, but because they have served people well as a way to hedge their wealth, as a way to offer insurance to support at least at bare minimum the principal value of what they put into the market. So if I have 10000 today, what will that 10000 buy me in 30 years from now? Well, if it's in bullion, history tells us that it's more than likely to not only buy us the original 10000 but also to account for inflation-adjusted buying power, which means your gold and silver will maintain its buying power over very long periods of time. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com. That's the website you can go to. And I think that uh, um, the other reason that we see a lot of in, um, individuals getting involved in precious metals today is the transparency. When you hold that physical bar in your hand, you know what you have. You know what it's worth. You know that no one else has a claim to it. And that's something that is very appealing in a decade of... Um, obscurity uh, of banking, you know, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what's in your mutual funds, not knowing what the manager's doing with your money. Um, it's quite refreshing to know that, wait a minute, I can hold the physical product in my hand. I know it's mine. I get the serial numbers for it and I can go to visit it at the vault, right? This is within a registered account or a depository account, or even if you decide to finance a portion of your product, um, or there's just taking it home. Just saying, look, I know that if I acquire this ounce of gold, it's mine. I put it in the safety deposit box. I, I bury it somewhere in the backyard or put it in a home safe. That is stored wealth. I can depend on the return on capital. There is a confidence, Darren, that comes with ownership of precious metals in the fact that they've been around for thousands of years. Confidence can be sucked out of a financial system. 2008 was one perfect example, especially a leveraged one. Uh, confidence, can, confidence can be sucked out of a currency. Across the globe, it happens. Um, there is nothing to say it can't happen here with all of the ballooning debts. And so it's important to have that hedge, I think. And after a decade of expansion in the economy and the stock market, you've got, you also have to start being defensive. And precious metals have been great so far. Um, gold in the last several years, especially in Canadian dollars, you've seen 5 6 and 7% gains every year since 2013. And uh, so, you know, we think that everyone should have some physical precious metals in their portfolio. And at Guildhall, we have a motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. Please go and use those two ways of connecting with our firm to get your free investor kit. In there, we will include some of the various articles we talk about on these shows as they go by, and also the material you need to educate yourself about the various ways you can 
own gold and silver. Whether it's just to take it through a straight purchase, you might want to pick up a few ounces of gold and take it home with you. Perfectly fine. We can facilitate that for you. Now, if you're if you're getting into the realm of silver, maybe you're going to have a little bit more silver, 1,000 ounces, 1,500 ounces of silver. We'll talk about that and the various ways that you can open a storage account briefly in the next segment. But that's an option for you as well. And if you want to, as Jeremy said, put it into a registered account. Now is the time to get 2019 started on the right foot. Whether you're opening up an account for your kids in the form of an RESP with some matching contribution uh, from the government, whether you're putting it into a regular RSP, a spousal RSP, there are lots of options there. And for those approaching the retirement age, flipping those to liras and uh, to rifts and lifts, that is an option too. And it's all physical. That's the great thing about what we do at Guildhall. Every ounce that we put through these accounts and everything is physical. It's transparent. You can touch it. You can hold it. It has serial numbers and it can be stored or taken home very easily. Now, when we come back in the next segment, we're going to stay on that article just for a brief moment with Oceanics and the freight decline there in the province of uh, Newfoundland and why it has an important direct connection with the with with the potential of recession. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, where the gold price is heading. And uh, we have some interesting news, an update, if you will, on the Argyle mine for those that are paying attention and some of the reasons why you would want to include uh, things that we have discussed on this show for a long time, but they pertain to your wealth and you need to know that and much, much more on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You are listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Your host is here. His name is Darren Long. It is me and my partner right across the table is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And the number to call as you're listening here to this show to get your free investors kit to get into these gold and silver markets to own some is one eight seven seven eight silver And the website is guildhallwealth.com in either are equally easy to access. So please use them, and we will be happy to help you every step of the way. Now, Jeremy, in the first segment, we were talking about a particular article from the CBC, uh, which was highlighting a drop in freight movement coming into Newfoundland from overseas from a company called Oceanics. And the article from the CBC really does not do a great job of tying it into the whole country, but instead of talking about the macro concepts of recession and whether or not we're going to be there soon enough, most analysts will agree it is only a matter of time. It's not if it'll happen, it's only when it will happen. And so this idea of recession begs the question, what do gold and silver do during recessions? And as we talked about this before, the unfortunate thing is we've been through it well this show has been on and we've seen it but the fortunate thing is for those that were able to get gold and silver into their portfolios they stood to gain tremendously not only on what we talked about in the protection of their purchasing power ten thousand was still ten thousand that when it was all said and over bought the exact same amount of value three years later 
but they made a ton of money as well. And that's the other speculative side that we don't often talk or promote too much because, again, we don't know if it'll go to $10,000 an ounce gold, that is, or silver to $400 an ounce anymore. And the next guy does that knows a little bit about this market. But we do know it holds its purchasing power. It does hold its purchasing power. You can see that over time. I think the idea of precious metals going through the roof, maybe being a lottery ticket for those who wanted to speculate in that in, in that uh, arena, I think ultimately, look, we don't want... we. We don't want to know what the world looks like at ten, fifteen thousand dollar gold, okay? No. But if it does go there, you want to know that it's in your portfolio and that you have it in your hand, right? Um, so that's the preparedness side of it. That's the insurance policy side of it. That hey, look, you know, seven percent a year, fantastic. If we go back to what we saw in two thousand four, five, six, seven, eight. 910 where you're getting double digit gains some as high as 30 some I think at one year it was 4% but everything else was pretty much double digits um, where the purchasing power on gold is just going through the roof mostly because you have to look at the supply demand and say look there's not a lot of availability there which is something that um, they try to create a myth about that oh there's not enough gold out there to really back a currency well there is you have to you have to you have to increase the value of it or the price of it, and then there's plenty of it available. But if only 1% of the population's invested in it, well, what happens if 2% get involved? What happens if 10% get involved? What if they decide they demand physical as opposed to paper assets that continue to have counterparty risk, right? This is where gold could become um, priceless to own as an insurance policy. So you know, it's sometimes nice to think about where the prices could head to, I think a natural normal price for, for silver, for example, that I don't think anyone would would look at it weirdly if it was a triple-digit metal. You know, if, if silver was trading at $135 an ounce, that's not that crazy. You know, the world doesn't have to significantly change. No, it doesn't. But I think gold may be at $15,000 an ounce uh, in your currency is saying a lot about that currency more than about what the value of the gold is. What, at the end of the day, it's what that, that gold purchases for you. Getting back to this article, I think, yeah, you know, um, we, we talked a little bit in the first segment, Darren. You know, okay, shipping's down. Who cares? And Most people and, don't. And, and we're not in a recession, so who cares? And even the CBC <laughs> put this out there and said, hey, this is just provincially related. But it begs the question, if you're paying attention and you care about your money, which you should... Why is it important as it relates to gold and silver? Well, let me tell you why it's important, because we have a perfect example that's not but just over 10 years fresh. In 2008, when the world fell apart for a very short period of time, the bankers turned on the printing presses. When they did that, they signaled that the headlines should show around the world simultaneously the growth of the economy as it relates to the whole world is on safe footing. Don't worry. The U.S. swept in and they printed as much money as was needed to put out the fires. And they tout in numerous ways and exposés and documentaries, which we've talked about this very week, how successful they were but those headlines would be created by the people who have money ask the nine to five guy the entrepreneur the blue collar guy the the guy who's taking risk to build a future for his family ask that guy how it's going with all the taxes and all the pressures of life and you'll get the same response every time well i, I don't know where my wealth is really i mean <laughs> i'm just because i'm so focused on day to day and there's a real need to change that knowing a recession is potentially possible you can achieve a number of things one 
you can protect your wealth. There is a way to do it. It's called gold and silver. And in 2008, when the market dropped, gold fell to $650 an ounce. Silver after running, by the way, after, after running, running much for higher. pretty much a decade, yeah, from two fifty to nine hundred. That's right, and then a thousand fifty, thousand fifty beat its old time yeah. high, right? And silver ran to twenty one dollars an ounce from under four, and it fell to eight dollars and fifty cents in two thousand and eight. Okay, so that's telling me I should wait until the prices drop significantly before I buy in. That's right. So, but they're not going to do that from exactly. Here. But it begs the question: Where have silver and gold been? Well. They haven't had a serious rally or climax since 2011, which means I have to know where gold and silver are at in terms of their viability, in terms of the highs and lows. And I'll tell you, right now, we are in the top five of the 14 years that I've been here. We are in one of the top five buying opportunities as far as where pricing is concerned. But what did, what did precious metals do during that recession? In 36 months, the price of silver rose 480% to $49.30 intraday high. And if you got on that ride and you put a little bit of your wealth in there, 10, 20, 25% of your portfolio in there for even 36 months, Look what happened. Not only did you protect your wealth, you made all of that back that you had invested in those markets, which they told you, don't worry, keep it in there to begin with when you shouldn't have. And gold, it rose 195% all the way back up from 650 to $1,920 an do, ounce. Do, do I see here that you did the, did the notes on where the metals went, even if you had bought at the top of the market at that time? So if you had purchased in at the peak of $20 in 2008 and if you had happened to have acquired gold right at the peak of 1000 did you end up on the positive side yes cuz the market went from 1000 yeah, to absolutely. 9 1900 and gold went and silver went from $20 to $50 so even if you were so early. even if you even if you hung in there through that drop in the market ultimately as an insurance policy precious metals continue to do their job so the idea being that you know look it, not everybody buys in at the right time that's for sure but there's always cost averaging if you loved silver at 20 you would have been, you should have been ecstatic at, at nine dollars to acquire it but ultimately if you had continued to take on a, a certain amount every month kind of thing then it probably that drop in the market probably wouldn't have mattered to you at all I know for my example for my own personal example I've been in the market for since before that time and um, you know I acquired gold at a higher price than where we are today but because I've been acquiring all the way through here it doesn't I, I don't really consider it I don't worry too much about it about it, those higher acquisitions because you've cost averaged it's never an all-or-nothing market in that case we always want to make sure that you're aware of that the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver or the website guildhallwealth.com and that simply means folks you don't have to put it all in at once you can buy over the next couple of years and rest assured you're going to be fine but when it comes to understanding that the recession idea is on the table it's not about fear-mongering it's not about telling or getting a person to feel as though they're convinced we're here, we're in a recession. The indications will do that for themselves. StatsCan is already telling us that the disposable income for every $1 we have, we have $1.78 worth of debt in the credit markets. Consumer debt is really starting to rise. These stats are factual data, and they're not being laid out before us in a proper manner by the people we trust, the people we give our money to that have the money sense that are apparently supposed to be guiding us in the right direction. Instead, they're tempering 
tampering with little bits and pieces, interest rates and housing rules and how we buy instead of the laissez-faire. Let the market be the free hand and own gold and silver. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. Yeah, you know, the, there was actually another article um, that's all, all on this topic um, that was done by Kevin Carmichael, also in the, the Financial Post, and they were interviewing... Uh, uh, Tiff Mecklem, who was part of the administration during the in Canada during the 2008 crisis, and uh, he's quoted in this article saying there will be another recession, probably sooner than we think, given the current U.S. expansion, which is the second largest, longest on record. Um, the Bank of Canada listed five big risks to its outlook in its latest quarterly forecast, and only one of them was. A good thing. <laughs> Everything else was was negative. Um, so Mecklem, who was who was in the running to replace Carney at the Bank of Canada, defended ultra low r- interest rates as necessary. As necessary, and this goes along to what you were saying, Darren. But he acknowledged that extreme levels of corporate, government, and household debt that have piled up around the world have unintended consequences. The question is is um, are we prepared for those unintended consequences? Um, so he goes on to say that, um, you know, ultimately that people have to find ways to imagine what could go wrong and to ask themselves, if this breaks, what would we do? One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom I'll tell you, get a little bit of silver and gold into that portfolio. That's what you do. Keep it simple. It's not complex. It's physical. It's holding your hands wealth, and we can help you with that. One eight seven seven eight silverguildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. We are going to break for a brief moment. When we come back, some incredible Argyle update news, more on this topic of possible recession, and uh, we're going to delve a little bit into silver in the last segment. We're going to show you how to get 1,000 ounces of silver for under 10,000 Canadian dollars. That and much, much more on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You are listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long, your host for today's show. I'm also the Vice President of Sales with Guildhall Wealth Management. And with me, as always, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Now, before we get into this segment, we've been... Touching on recession today, Jeremy, and how well gold and silver have performed during that, we're not suggesting by any way, shape, or form that we're there yet. But some of the signs, some of the writing is on the wall. We've talked about a little bit of the freight that is falling in volume uh, around the country, and that's a telltale sign. Consumer debt, another one. And ways that gold and silver have thrived during those periods. The last going back to that 36-month period between 2008 and 2011. But the truth is, they're not the only asset that have performed well under pressure. Another is the area of natural fancy colored diamonds. And in particular, if you've been following along, you'll know we are very, very excited and have been for some time about what a particular mine closure will do to pricing. We've been following along with the story of the Argyle mine as it approaches its very end of life. And it is but only a year, maybe a year and a half away from closing. And the excitement is beginning to grow and we are preparing what we would call our kind of quarterly uh, Argyle update, which is going to be released out to public very soon. And in it, we are talking about the update on ore reserves, the amount of dirt piled beside their sluicing machinery that is going to be used to find diamonds. It's almost non-existent. And, you know, we given that we were talking about the recession back in 2008-9, 
10 um, and how well assets do during that time, uh, hard assets do during, during times where people are seeking security, they're seeking confidence, they want to know that there's going to be a return on capital. What we have here, uh, Darren, in contrast to where we were back in 2008-9, is you really have, in some ways, a supply crisis of pink diamonds because this is a supply-demand topic, a supply-demand issue that uh, over the last decade, the, the ore reserves in Argyle have just completely fallen off, so kind of like the shipping, um, the, the shipping article we were talking about. But in this case, it's a supply of pink diamonds. And so as, as markets start to become defensive, people are going to start to look for uh, return on capital, defensive strategies, places where they can put their, their money where it, they know it's going to be in decades to come. And of course, colored diamond market did incredibly well from, you know, basically from 2003 through, um, you know, it's continued to do well. It's not a, it's not a, a market that experiences volatility. But I think this story here of the right of the lowering, diminishing supply of pink diamonds is huge for where the prices could be going. Well, in terms of that, Jeremy, let's take a peek at that because what I've shown here in this report is just a chart which from the Rio Tinto, Rio Tinto annual reports shows us what the amount of actual Argyle mine ore reserves are. And if we go back to the first year we started offering pink diamonds to the public, they were always here, but when we started offering to the public, we go back to 2006. And in 2006, picture in your mind 106 million tons of ore reserves, a big pile of dirt, which is extremely large, a very large supply of reserves that are there to be used, to be dug, uh, and to be sluiced through machines to find these wonderful, incredible small gemstones. And back then, um, 106 million tons of dirt to find a pink diamond and an intense pink, you know, around the quarter carat mark would have been under 20,000 Canadian at that time. And so the, just want to keep that in mind. That's under, right. At, at that time. And this is an ore that relates to pink diamonds. This is to their entire mining operation, which sure. of which only 0.001% is pink. So of that 106 million tons of ore, the likelihood of them finding more than a few, a handful of very high-end, high-quality pink diamonds is very low already. Oh, well, that's also saying that as the as the ore reserves are falling, the 0.001% of the total pull is also falling. Correct. So the amount of percentage-wise is definitely minuscule at this point in time. We couldn't accurately even predict what it is. They don't release that to public because they're so close to closing. Now, if we fast-forward to 2018, their annual uh, Rio Tinto report just came out at the end of February, and lo and behold, it shows that they are now down to 11 million tons. That's not, not, that's not 111. That's not the 106 that they began with. That's 11. So you go from 106 million tons in 2006 down to 11 tons. 11 million in, tons in 11 million tons in 2018, and a quarter carat intense VS pink argyle um, is probably going to run you close to 50,000 tax in Canadian. And it's something that... So it shows that... you where the prices have gone as the dirt 
as there's less dirt being pulled out of the ground there. Well, in fact, the FCRF, the Fancy Color Research Foundation, for which we are members, it's a world-class organization that uses factual auction data and sales data. It's most of the time anonymous because people don't want you to know who's buying it. That data is brought out to us as a member of the FCRF. And in fact, what they have said is that at the wholesale level, those stones have appreciated on the whole in the last 10 to 12 years between 300 to 400%. Now, we that's have- at our cost. That's at what it, we pay in terms of getting that diamond and then having to be able to offer it to the public. Now, here's the thing. What we do at Guildhall is we look for pink diamonds that have high clarity. So we're not looking for SI. Uh, which is slightly included, which means you could see that inclusion with the naked eye. Um, We're looking for pink diamonds that have very good clarity or what would be considered eye clean in the retail business. We're also looking for pink diamonds that have strong color. So there's actually a P scale that they use. In other words, if I say intense, fancy, intense, vivid, okay, we're looking at an intense, but is that intense closer to the fancy or closer to the vivid in terms of strength of color? So we're always looking for the strongest colors that we can find. We don't want someone to own something that they can barely make out if it's pink. It should be obvious that this is a pink diamond, right? So that that's part of it. And then as well, we're looking for diamonds that are reaching a certain size quotient. Now, pink diamonds as a whole are usually smaller in nature. Blue diamonds are more rare than pinks, but they're larger in nature. So pink diamonds tend to be smaller, but we we kind of have a we do have a, a level at which we won't go below, which is you know maybe 0.23 we might have. So we try to stay around that quarter carat mark. But once you go below you know 0.21, you're you're getting into melee territory, which is something that they use just to beef up jewelry. Highlight diamonds, if you will. Yeah. So. Um, that's a good way to put it. Um, so essentially, we're looking for what we consider investment-grade diamonds. Now, there are, there are exceptions. If you had a one-carat vivid pink, it doesn't really matter if it's SI. But, of course, a one-carat vivid pink, you're probably looking at over half a million to acquire that diamond anyway. So there, we're, you have to kind of understand the relationships between those. What's different about Guildhall is we acquire all of our diamonds. We own all of our pink diamonds. We invest in those pink diamonds. So anyone coming to Guildhall who wants to acquire a pink diamond, an Argyle diamond, they know that we have gone out and done the work, that we have vetted that diamond, and we are proud to own that diamond and put our skin in the game in that. So all you have to do is, is, is assess what's the budget, and which one appeals to you? One eight seven seven eight silver. That's the number to call if you want an investor kit, which will include information on pink diamonds and color diamonds in general, or the website guildhallwealth.com, where you can go and start your journey seeing some of the diamonds in inventory, getting a sense of what is available, and understanding more about the all of the different avenues that you have to acquire the various colors of diamonds that we offer now that being said one of the pet projects i've had along the way which has kept me very excited about pink diamonds is not only monitoring ore reserves but also watching for updates that would be 
it include verbiage that would be indicative of the closing of the Some mind. telltale signs. Correct. So I listen along to all of the, uh, as an investor in Rio Tinto myself, I listen, I get the, the pleasure of listening in on all the quarterly reports. Mm. So I listen into the quarter four 2018 Rio Tinto's earnings conference call. And on that call, we have an individual about three quarters of the way through the call uh, finally ask, I'm not entitled, I don't own enough to ask questions, okay. but they finally ask a question about the Argyle mine. And it is uh, Richard Hatch from Berenberg Capital Management, and he asks the following question. The question on diamonds, the Argyle mine, can you talk about the financial performance of Argyle given the weakness of this most recent diamond market update and how that's impacting your thoughts on the time frame for closure for that asset, please? So two parts to that question. One, given the entire diamond market, whites included, and what can sometimes be fluctuations in pricings in those markets, which we do not invest in, we do not put our clients into, and two, what will be the closing time for this, given the possibility of weakness in the white diamond markets? Will it speed up the closure? Will it elongate the closure? And the response from Jean-Sebastian Jacques, the chief executive officer, and I won't go through the whole thing, he says, I think it's it's very clear we are on the last leg of Argyle. I mean, that has been absolutely a fantastic mind for us. I mean, the pink diamonds were there. It will be truly difficult to find or replace forever, if you can say that. He goes on to talk about his copper and diamond expert that was there 10 days ago. And yeah, they're going into the reclamation phase. You can start to see they're regrowing the earth around them. They're planting trees and putting back the ground to its original state. All this adds up to one thing, folks. If you're an investor and you want something before anyone else has it, this isn't Uncle Pete giving you a stock tip. That's not what this is about. This is somebody telling you that you can buy the very first IPO of Berkshire Hathaway at $7,000 which is now trading at $302,000. You can be among the very first to own a pink diamond, Argyle or not, because in the next 36 months, there will be some type of effect from losing the largest supplier on the face of the earth in the Argyle mine. That means nothing will be available. If you want to be part of that train ride, why not contact us, get the information. A free investor kit is a good place to start. one 878 silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. When we come back in the fourth segment, we'll update you about the silver market, a little bit of Silver Institute news and some usages updates, and uh, a little more on our theme of today and to close everything together, tie it all in. That is what we offer to you. If you want to get in touch with us again, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. You are tuned in to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. We are in the home stretch, Jeremy, in the last quarter, if you will. And this is an exciting time to be listening because A, this week has been presenting us with great buying opportunities. The first kind of taking a breath moment in the last three and a half months, silver down to around 15 an ounce, gold hovering around 1285 an ounce, both looking as though they're achieving and maintaining support there. And and we actually put out our our second price alert within the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was gold was trading around uh, 1200 silver was around $14, and that was back in, I believe, November. And we put out our first price alert since then uh, with silver trading around 15 
and gold trading just under uh, $1,300 an ounce. So, um, you know, we retested those highs, came off a little bit. Fantastic. Keep keep stacking. Uh, great opportunities for us to, to acquire more more product. Well, if you are paying attention and you are a buyer or thinking about doing that, congratulations to those who already have, by the way. But for those who haven't, dial that number, one eight seven seven eight silver It's an easy one to remember, an easy one to plug in. And guildhallwealth.com is the website. There you'll find our e-store online. And let's not forget to remind people, there are multiple ways to get into this market. We'll talk about a couple of them right now. One is the e-store. It's a very easy thing to do to register like any other retail e-store. Go and shop the product, make your purchase, get it delivered free of charge. If it's over a thousand, come by and pick it up and meet the guys, meet the team. You get We'd the, love to have you there. And you get your tracking number. Mm-hmm. Tracking um, is included in the in the shipment and everything is delivered immediately. Um, if for whatever reason, um, you know, we have the product on, on order and it's not available for immediate delivery, we let everyone know right away. Mm-hmm. There's, again, it's all about transparency and service at Guildhall. Um, but, you know, look, nine and a half times out of ten, every product you see there is, is fully ready to, to ship right away. So you make your payment. You can come to the office, pay cash up to, I believe, $10,000. Um, you can do debit. We have e-transfers, bill payment for for clients who have made a couple purchases. We have the pre-authorized debit. If you're making a larger purchase, of course, there's bank drafts and wire transfers. But we make it very easy to acquire your metals. We ship the product fully insured through us, and you get your tracking numbers. If you're if you're acquiring within the GTA, uh, it's usually within a couple days that the that it arrives. Well, that's an option for you if you're going there to the east store. You can also become part of the Monthly Buyers Club. If you want to put aside X amount of dollars per month, there are some minimums to be met there. And in addition to that, let's not forget one free gram of gold for every 5,000 US you're putting into your RSP of any type, TFSA, RSPs, spousal RSPs. If you want to put them into a Lira, a LIF, a RIF, if you're close to retirement, there are lots of options there for you to have physical, tangible hold in your hands with serial numbers, allocation, and the proper type of world-class storage that gold and silver deserve. Now, in talking about silver in particular, Jeremy, there is a uh, certainly another picture or a part of the story, if you will, when it comes to silver. Not only do we feel that it's one of the metals that's going to experience a perfect storm and could provide tons of return for a client and maintain their wealth, but it's also about usages. And in this day and age, we've always maintained that the future looks so bright because despite there being the potential for all kinds of market fluctuations, the other side of this story is that you have a very, very plausible and decent outcome for the price of silver based on demand alone. Unlike gold, which sits above ground primarily as a monetary instrument, as a way of protecting one's wealth, only do we see in silver where it's still a little more affordable the growth of the industrial usages and one such usage found in the report that just came out from the silver institute was how silver combined with silk is helping to heal broken bones in fact surgeons in india have now begun using a process that has what's called silk fibroin containing 0.5 percent silver particles 
and they're putting it into their bandages and to their casts for broken bones, and they're finding that, in fact, it's actually increasing the healing process. It's not an expensive thing to do right now because it's a very small amount of silver, but it's world-class technique that's taking over, and the Silver Institute highlighted that. It's important to note that because not only are you buying something which has tremendous value for you and your family, but you're also participating in a global market and you can begin to see that silver is not just something that we find in electronics or in TVs or in appliances and things that we've talked about or solar. It's all around us. We need it to survive. So I thought I'd bring that to everybody's attention. That's fantastic because there's something ener- energy related with the metals, right? Every client, we love when clients come to the office, they hold that 100-ounce bar of silver for the first time, and they feel the weight of it. But as they hold the product, there's a, you know, there's that energy that comes along with, with feeling that physical product in your hand that, you know, we talked about confidence earlier, that that builds confidence in a way. We, we encourage all of our RSP investors to go to the vault and personally audit their holdings, hold their product in their hand, because there's something energetic about having it in your hand and realizing that this is a... This is a, a commodity. It's it's got a life force of its own, and unlike paper money, that it's just a currency. It doesn't have, you know, we're we're basically doing it through credit now, right? It's all debit, and you never see the money. But in this case, you're holding it, and once you're holding it, you realize, oh, this is a true asset. This is a a great place to store wealth. And so when you see these type of things where it's helping healing, we've known for a long time that silver's been great in bandages. Um, because of its antibacterial properties and things like that. So great to see these usages, more and more usages all the time. And one of the the things about the industrial side of silver and the industrial nature of silver is in most cases it's price inelastic, meaning it wouldn't matter if the price of silver tripled in value. It's not going to change this um this heal the healing properties and this healing strategy that's being employed right now in india and i'm sure that that's going to expand across the globe as well so it just becomes yet another uh silver usage out there to the long list of silver usages one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website and on that topic i promised our listeners that i would tell you how to get 10 100 ounce royal canadian mint silver bars into an account with guildhall for under 10,000 Canadian. That is a fact. We have an account called Allocated Financing in which you can, as a participant in this type of account, own your silver or gold in this case, if you want to have gold as well or instead of silver, you can own your metal. You will be able to visit your metal, see your metal. You'll get your serial numbers. It is there, tangible, hold-in-your-hand physical product. But in this case, you have the ability to risk a lot less. Now, in the case of silver with a thousand ounces. If I was going to buy that today, and I might choose to buy 10 100 ounce silver bars, I'm going to be paying roundabout 16, 4, 16, 5 US for a thousand ounces. That's 10 100 ounce Royal Canadian Mint silver bars and translated into Canadian dollars a little over $20,000. I have the choice to do that still. I could take that product home with me or anywhere in the world for that matter, or I could store it with Guild Hall. But instead of risking that money, which I already have to spend, I may choose, well, I think the market is going to move, and I do think it's going to move very soon. I may choose to use allocated financing, which means I can put up as little as 45% 
of the total metal value, including my commission to buy and sell for the next three years, three years, and still own that 10 100 ounce Royal Canadian Mint silver bars. Now, I will be able to log in with a dashboard through Guildhall. I'll be able to monitor the value of my product. I will be able to make changes by buying and selling. And best of all, I'm going to get using this account because of our connections in the bullion industry, a discount on that type of bullion. In fact, our silver bars will only be about 80 cents over spot, which is a tremendous value when you're buying metal because we can do so in this type of account. Now, if you're interested in that, again, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. It's not for everybody, especially if you don't have the money. It's not for you. It's not for a person who has to use a credit card to make that kind of purchase. Do not be fooled into thinking that that's an acceptable way to invest. It is not. It's for those that have the money in their pocket. And uh, although we're not here to test your pocket, it is a fantastic way to approach an opportunity to own silver. Now, where is silver going and why is it right now that we feel so strongly? In particular, I feel so strongly about silver. I love gold. I have gold. I know, Jeremy, you love gold as well. But I got an article here late in this show from William L. Silber. He is the professor of finance and economics at the Stern School of Business in New York at the New York University and also wrote a book called The Story of Silver, How the White Metal Shaped America and the modern world. That's cool to know that there's an NYU professor who's written a book on silver. He's a specialist on silver in particular. And he's traded on the comics. And he's just, he's basically saying, look, we can't really use fear mongers as an excuse to invest in anything, nor should we. We should only be prepared. Like you said earlier in the show, you have to take and separate what is going to happen versus what is happening. And essentially what he's saying is he believes right now that silver is one of, if not, the single best assets to buy as undervalued as they get. And he is predicting that it would not surprise anyone to see silver rise approximately 50 to 60% in the next 12 months. So again, he is banking on there being some significant changes in the marketplace, but uh, we'll make this article available to our listeners via the newsletter. We highly encourage you to get that newsletter, and I highly encourage you to tune into our podcast, which we do separately. You can find on the website, guildhallwealth.com. Look at us uh, on Facebook. We have a group there. If you want to go to Instagram, you can see some beautiful imagery, especially I'm proud to say that my partner here, Jeremy, has taken some of the most high quality images you'll find anywhere in the world of natural fancy colored diamonds. And uh, there is much more here. The number to call one eight seven seven eight silver to get yourself started. Remember, folks, we're at the tail end of winter right now, and I want to remind you the importance of taking care of people that are less fortunate than you. Leave an extra buck, an extra blanket, or maybe a couple of bags of food for your local food bank and it's been a pleasure to talk to you this week we hope you've enjoyed our show you've been tuned in to the real money show with guildhall wealth management on global news radio 640 toronto